Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. Very excited today, as I always am, because we always have a great guest to talk about things related to customer service and customer experience. This week is no exception. This episode is going to feature my new best friend, Josh Liebman, who I met in Chicago just a few weeks ago uh, when I was doing a presentation. Uh, we connected either right before or right after, and I found out what he did. I said, hey, man, we got to have you on the show. If you are interested in a hospitality mentality, and by the way, I don't care what business you're in, when it comes to delivering great service, your people need to be thinking about, am I being hospitable toward the customer? Well, this is the guy to talk to because Josh is part of a company called Amusement Advantage. And by the way, if you want to learn more about them, just go to amusementadvantage.com. And they work with companies that are in the travel and hospitality industry uh, and specifically uh, you know, attractions, I would say, like uh, perhaps a zoo or a museum, uh, amusement parks, uh, uh, and and other industry related things, but here's the point: these uh, these types of organizations are competing for your entertainment dollars, and the way they get their customers to come back again and again is by delivering an amazing experience. So, Josh, welcome to Amazing Business Radio, and uh, we've got so much to talk about. But uh, hey, tell us real quickly a little bit about your background and what you're doing today so we get everybody here worked up into a frenzy about wanting to listen to the rest of this show. Absolutely. Uh, yes, thank you so much. It is great to be here. Great to be here on the show. Uh, so yes, my name is Josh Liebman. I'm the Director of Business Development for Amusement Advantage, and I help attractions understand and improve their guest experience. And so you named a few of the uh, facilities that we work with. We work with theme parks, we work with water parks, we work with zoos, museums, aquariums, uh, everything kind of in the tourist attraction arena we work with. And we help them understand what it is that their guests are saying. Uh, what they can do to make improvements and to be able to uh, identify who their outstanding performers are who need to be recognized on a daily basis, as well as uh, be able to help them understand who might be falling below the service standard just a little bit, uh, who can be coached up to the uh, to the rest of the team. And you made a great point that everyone is competing for the entertainment dollar. And the way that, uh, the way that you get that dollar is through the experience um, in my industry. That, uh, you know, the, the deliverable, the product that we are giving is that experience, that memory, uh, not necessarily a tangible good. Of course, there are tangible aspects of it, uh, you know, including retail and a number of souvenirs and things like that. But at the end of the day, what the guest is walking away with is what happened while I was here? What was the experience that I had and how they're going to use that to take that uh, into into their daily lives and share that experience with others to encourage others to visit as well. Right, and, and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be an attraction like a, a zoo or a museum or a theme park or whatever. It can be – I could be an ad agency going to a, a business client to pitch – you know, a new campaign. I need to be thinking about the types of things that, that you think about day in and day out and that we're going to be talking about today on the show. You could be a restaurant. You could be a retailer. Uh, B2B, B2C, even business to association or B2G, business to government. 
this is a really important concept, the whole uh, idea of the hospitality mentality. So let's jump off. One of the areas that intrigued me most is you, you talked a little bit about mystery shopping when we were together a few weeks ago in Chicago. Uh, let's. And by the way, you're not from Chicago, are you? Uh, no, I actually just moved here recently. I uh, was in Florida for 12 years, and prior to that, I actually grew up outside Detroit, Michigan. Okay, all right, because I looked at your area <laughs> code when I dialed in here, and I realized, this is not Chicago. Okay, but you're right. there now. So, And I can only imagine that love is what brought you to Chicago. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> and so many times, love gets lost in Chicago, but I hope that doesn't happen for you. So that's another – by the way, that's another podcast and another – no, I, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> mystery shopping. Let's talk about – you know, I know you've trained mystery shoppers. Uh, you evaluate businesses anonymously. You provide objective feedback and – this is a really cool concept. Most people think, hey, call me and give me your feedback on what it was like in dealing with our customer service. No. When you do a true mystery shop, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of little tiny areas, touch points, impact points that you are measuring and managing. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the, one of the really important things with mystery shopping is that, you know, Everybody, we, we all have our blinders on with what it is that we're looking at directly and whatever, whatever our business is, wherever we work, we're looking at it uh, with such a specific viewpoint that sometimes there might be some things that are directly right in front of us that we can't necessarily see because maybe we're looking at it every day. Uh, so by bringing in people anonymously to evaluate it objectively and constructively and provide their unbiased feedback, uh, it really gives the business the opportunity to see things that maybe they hadn't seen or, you know, uh, you can't be everywhere at once either. You can't be talking to every single customer or guest on a daily basis. You can't be talking to every single employee uh, on a daily basis. So it's very important to be able to have outside third-party feedback, uh, like I said, in a constructive and objective and unbiased manner to be able to tell you what it is that's going on right in front of you. Okay, so everybody's been to a museum. Give me an example of what you're looking for when you mystery shop a museum, other than the obvious, you know, well, maybe it, it, there's multiple contact that you have with people, but the obvious friendliness of somebody, there's probably, did they greet you properly? Were they dressed properly? I mean, how many different things are you measuring in a mystery shop at a museum? We're really trying to measure what the entire experience would be for a guest that would go there normally. So we even start prior to the visit where we'll have the shopper review the website. Uh, how easy is it to find information and pricing um, based on this, you know, based on the website? Would you want to visit there if you weren't, you know, if they were already doing the shop? Uh, we'll have them make a phone call, uh, ask questions about planning their visit. So we're able to evaluate the staff over the phone. And then beginning with the arrival process, uh, how easy was parking? You know, that's one of the first impressions there. Uh, how easy was it to purchase tickets? And then that's usually one of the first uh, in-person staff interactions. Uh, were they friendly? Did they try to upsell you at all? Um, as well? That's also one of the really important key things, too. Is that a that good thing or a bad thing if you are upsold? It's a good thing if it's done in the in the correct manner. So right. we actually try to formulate the questions uh, in the mystery shop form that make sure that they're that they're measured correctly. So, for instance, if the staff member says, uh, "Where are you visiting from?" and they find out that you're a local resident, you want them to be able to to transition that into, "Oh, because you live close by, 
you should be a member um, or in, in the theme park an annual pass holder so that you're able to visit as many times as you want throughout the year. Give them a compelling reason for that. Um, and then they go further into the experience, the, uh, the actual several museum exhibits and attractions. Many of them have certain shows, certain movies that are playing. Um, we'll have them evaluate general facility conditions and cleanliness. Uh, the restrooms, obviously, are, are a big one. Uh, food and beverage, retail, sometimes we'll have them interact with management, security. And one of the things that is really important for us to be able to help our clients understand, too, is who's the most outstanding team member that the shopper interacted with. Mm. And the reason why that's important is because we want the client to be able to use the shop not just as a scare tactic, but as a motivational tool uh, as well. So not only does the staff think, oh, uh, they're sending in people to catch us in the act doing something wrong. No, we want them to think the opposite of that. Oh, there's people coming in, catching us in the act, going above and beyond when we think that the boss isn't looking, when we think that no one's around, um, that they are still providing that phenomenal experience and, uh, and that service standard that's expected from them. Love it, love it. So uh, I, I think when, you, when we're just talking about a museum, how many points, if you, I mean, do you, do you go in and you have a, a point by point, you have a notebook? I mean, uh, give me an example. Average, how many points are we looking at and evaluating? And I, by the way, I used the word measuring before. I think the correct word is evaluating as I think about it. Uh, yeah, or both, I'd say, are, you know, are, are interchangeable. And, you know, depending on the size of the operation, um, you know, it could be anywhere between uh, 150, 200 questions or so that they're, that they're going through. Uh, we break it down by section so that they, the client is able to actually see the, the score for all of those. So the shopper is able to answer yes, no to a variety of different questions. And then uh, the client is able to see, okay, well, what's the overall score? And then, okay, we got an 87. Well, where did we dip a little bit? Oh, the restroom cleanliness was only uh, 50% or so or something like that. And that impacted the score. So, yeah, there could be, you know, there could be a couple hundred touch points, a couple hundred uh, questions that they're answering. Um, as far as staff members, it could be anywhere between 8 and 12 or so at a museum. At some of the larger institutions, it could be a little bit more than that. Uh, but it's a, it's a very detailed report. And it's a lot more than uh, just asking people what their feedback was, or even with uh, NPS or Net Promoter Score, uh, it gives a lot more information than just saying, you know, how well would you recommend this to, to friends and family, or you know, on a scale from one to five, how did you enjoy your visit? We want to make sure that we can really break it down and tell them, okay, this is what you guys did right, and this is where you can improve upon a little bit as well. Right. So it's, but there's got to be more than just yes, no questions. There's got to be like uh, on a scale of one to five or one to ten. I would think that you would want to rate something. What you you mentioned, fifty percent. Is that because fifty percent of the bathrooms were clean and the fifty percent weren't, or is on a scale of one to ten, they got a five? Um, or let's say there's uh, ten questions in that uh, in that section, and five of them were yeses and five of them were noes. Uh, we want to make sure that the form is as objective as possible because we want to make sure we can use the same criteria for that client for every single shop. Mm, so same. when we send in more and more shoppers, they're all coming from different backgrounds. They have different opinions. And we want to make sure that we can get their, their different subjective opinions when they elaborate on all this in the detailed narrative. Uh, but for the most part, we want to make sure that um, that the scores themselves are actually consistent so that if the shopper, if one shopper has a similar experience to another, that score is going to be relatively the same. But now with that said, uh, we do ask for overall impressions, and those can be on a 0 to 4 or sometimes even on a 1 to 10 scale. And with that, they're able to see uh, more of the opinion base for what the shopper felt, and then they can elaborate on that as well. 
um, and that's all included in one section. Right. So basically, your hard numbers are based on a yes, no question for the most part. I love it. So that's enough about mystery shopping. I want to get into uh, your whole concept of complaints and resolving complaints. And you've got this really cool model that you call the last LAST model. And then you you go on to call it the LTAST, the LATAST. Mm -hmm. But we're going to wait until we come back from a real quick break. And so that's what we're going to do. We're talking with Josh Liebman, who is really an expert when it comes to the hospitality mentality, his company, Amusement Advantage. You can learn more about them at amusementadvantage.com. This is what they do. And we're talking to the guy that's in the trenches every day doing nothing but thinking about how do companies perform? How do companies get customers to come back? So when we come back, as I mentioned, we'll talk about complaints. We'll talk about service recovery. We'll talk a little bit about social media. There's a lot more on this show. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Joshua Liebman. Josh, the, the master of the hospitality mentality. Uh, let's talk about resolving complaints and how you recover when there is a problem. And, and why are complaints so important? This is something we've covered a lot over the last couple, three years on the show. But complaints are really important. If we don't hear them, we don't know how we can improve, right? Yeah, that is that is absolutely correct. And uh, I'd be happy to, to tell a little story that happened to me uh, several years ago while I was in the process of opening a new theme park um, that had just opened. Uh, I was one of the managers. I was overseeing one of the departments in the park, and I was working alongside another manager. And we were really preparing for the park to open. And uh, with me and my leadership team, we were trying to anticipate anything that could possibly go wrong when the park opened, we wanted to make sure that we could avoid as many complaints as possible. And so we put in a whole bunch of contingency plans and really wanted to make sure that we were anticipating as much as we could. And we did a great job. And then you know what happened on opening day? What? We got a complaint. There was something we hadn't anticipated. (laughs) Yeah. First day. Um, Something happened that we hadn't anticipated. I don't remember specifically what it was, but they approached us. They told us. And the other manager who I was walk, uh, who I was working alongside, she let me know. She said, hey, Josh, just letting you know you guys got a complaint and uh, wasn't too happy about it. Uh, she worked in a different department. She kind of kind of oversaw my department. And um, and I said, OK, that's fine. So I called the guest. We uh, uh, we discussed it. We resolved it. The guest was happy. About a week later or so, you know what happened again? Same complaint. Uh, actually, it was a different complaint. Oh, so no. there was another guest, yeah, who came in. They had something else. There was something else that we hadn't anticipated. So she sent me an email. She said, Josh, just letting you know, you've got another complaint here. I'm getting a little concerned. I thought, that, I thought that's weird. Why is, she, why is she getting concerned about it? I called the guest. We resolved it. Uh, they went on their way. They were happy. And then the third one came in, and she said, Josh, I don't understand why you're getting complaints. It has to be absolutely zero. And I said, really? 
we have to get no complaints. I said, I don't, I said, I don't understand that. I said, every single time we've gotten a complaint so far, we've resolved the situation. The guest has been happy. And then actually we never received the same complaint twice. So I said, I don't want to have zero complaints. I want to have 10 complaints a day. Every single time we, we get a complaint, the business improves, the operation improves. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I really stress to my clients is that you don't want to avoid complaints. You actually want to seek them out. You want to be finding out as much as possible that maybe you're not seeing, uh, just like the purpose of mystery shopping. Here are guests who are maybe pointing things out to you that you hadn't seen. You can't be everywhere at one time. You can't be all over your business all the time. So you rely on your guests to be able to provide that feedback to you uh, to be able to make constructive improvements to the business. Yeah, so the guest is the ultimate mystery shopper. They really are. They're, and they're the mystery shopper who uh, determines if they're going to speak highly about the business. And they're the mystery, they're the mystery shopper who's going to determine if uh, they're going to spend their money again. Mm, yeah, so it's powerful. And I think most people are afraid of the complaint, and, and they shouldn't be. You know, nobody likes to hear that they haven't done what was expected or they didn't meet somebody's expectations. But, man, mm -hmm. if you move into service recovery, which we're going to talk about next, uh, and you do it right, you not only fix the problem, but you establish or reestablish confidence many times to a higher level than if it hadn't happened before. I, I was recently doing a speech for a client. We had a series of presentations over a, uh, about maybe a four-week period, five-week period. And uh, we were in multiple cities. And after the first one, the client came up to me and said, would you like some feedback? And I said, sure. And I thought the speech went rather well. And they felt that there was an opportunity to improve. And they told me exactly where they felt it was. Whether I agreed or not wasn't the issue. But I took it to heart. I thanked them. And my response was, I, I, you know, obviously it's great. We, you know, we, by the way, how, how was the feedback? Oh, the feedback was great. The thing is, we're going to be doing this again and again. We might as well do as close to perfection as we could get. So that was the feedback. So I felt good that the ratings were great from the audience. The client was great with the content, but they saw opportunity for improvement. And you know what? The next week I did exactly what they asked. Not reluctantly, by the way. I said, you know what? Let me try it their way. It worked. It worked beautifully. And I can't wait to use this technique that they shared with me based on the feedback, a change that I made, I can't wait to do it for the next audience who isn't, you know, not this client, but another client because it was that effective. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm totally stoked. Feedback is truly a gift, a complaint. And by the way, I view that, I kind of, because I take things personally and I, I always want to do the best, I view that feedback as kind of a complaint. Although I don't think they saw it as that. I saw it as that. So uh, I take it to heart. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about your last model and your LaTast model. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. So it's something that I've been using for years that I have determined is the most proven way to recover from a service failure. So like what you mentioned, you said it's, it's the last model, but I have added my own little spin here on what this acronym stands for, the LTAST model, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the first component of this model is the L, which is listen, which is really understanding what it is that the complaint is. Um, and so it's not just about hearing the complaint, but it's really processing it. Not only is it internalizing it with yourself as well, but it's validating it. And you made a good point just a second ago that you said whether you agreed with it or not isn't the purpose. It's really the perception of what that guest or what that customer has had to say. 
that you need to say, okay, they're right, even if they might be wrong. Even if I think they're wrong, I'm going to let them be right because they're the ones who are going to determine if they're going to visit again. So being able to validate and understand the concern uh, is the first part right there. Now, the second would normally be apologize, which is the A as part of the last model. But one thing that I have found that is even more effective than that is before you apologize, once you understand what the complaint is, once you have heard it from that guest or from that customer, is you thank them. You thank them for complaining. And it's something that most industries won't do. Uh, it's something that I don't see too often. Uh, if somebody is complaining, usually the person on the receiving end of it might try to get into a little bit of a defensive mode. Maybe they've got a lot of passion for their business. Maybe they've got a lot of pride in, in what they do. Maybe that person who's complaining, maybe they they it came across as a little insulting because that was their feedback. And how dare you say anything negative about the business? But if you thank them first for complaining, you tear down the wall, and it really helps improve what the rest of that conversation is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And the reason you thank them is because most people don't take the time out of their day to complain. If you have a negative experience uh, and you complain about it, you're probably speaking for maybe 10 to 15, maybe 20 other people that had that same experience who aren't complaining. They're just drifting off into, into space, never, never to be found again, and you're wondering why you're losing business. But if you thank them, really genuinely appreciate why it is that they're complaining, that they took the time out of their day, because they don't have to. People don't have to complain. They can just stop using your product. They can just stop visiting your business. They can, they can just tell everybody it was terrible, except not tell you, right? Right. So when you they thank just them for complaining. Yeah. I, always, yeah. I always say the satisfied customer is a dangerous customer because satisfactory means average. And sure. they, they, they probably have something to tell you about how you can do it better or they have a complaint. They just, you know what, you think they're satisfied. They're not. They're really not. Um, and they just leave. Dangerous doesn't mean they're going to come after you. Uh, <laughs> no, dangerous means they're going to the competition. And you'll never know why. Yep. And you'll never know what you can do to improve them or get them back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once you thank them, then you move into the next step, which is the A part of the last model or the LTAST model, which is apologize. Mm -hmm. And I always say there's a right way and there's a wrong way to apologize for a service failure. What I always tell people is you don't necessarily apologize for the cause. You apologize for the effect. And I'll elaborate that on a little bit. If you apologize for the cause, it could potentially um, – uh, accept liability for maybe something that had happened. Um, or, you know, the cause is going to be, it's either going to be a potential liability or it's going to be a subjective perception. Right. And if it's also, it sounds, it sounds like you're blaming somebody if you apologize. Oh, yeah. You sure. know what? That was a new guy. Uh, he didn't know exactly. what he was doing. Yep. If somebody, yeah. So we'll use service as an example. If somebody's complaining about the service from an employee, if you say, oh, I'm so sorry that that employee was rude. It, yeah, it, it puts the blame on that employee and it acknowledges, oh, that employee is not necessarily the greatest. But if you apologize for the effect, if you say something to the effect of, oh, I'm so sorry that your experience did not meet the standard we expect from our employees, that's the effect for it. Oh, wow. uh, one of the things that I used to do when I was working in one of, uh, one of, one of the larger theme parks, uh, one of the hats that I wore was I would actually follow an ambulance to the emergency room if we had a guest that was transported out of the park. And when I would go and visit them in the emergency room, let's say it was something like 
there was an uneven pathway and they tripped and fall there. They tripped and fell and they hurt their leg. Maybe they broke it. Maybe they sprained it, something like that. Instead of walking in and saying, hey, I'm so sorry, you tripped and fell on our uneven pathway and broke your leg. I would say, sorry, you didn't get to experience your visit like you intended. Sorry that you had to leave early. So that was the effect mm, for it. I love so this. I would say when you're, yeah, when you're apologizing, you apologize for the effect. You don't apologize for the cause. And then you've got the S. Yep, which is obviously the most important part. That is solving it. Yes. S stands for solve. So you want to make sure that you are then uh, providing that service recovery that meets the complaint that happens. So that's uh, that's one of the first keys. Service recovery, effective service recovery, will fit what the complaint was. So let's say uh, we're talking about time. Um, you know, in, in my industry, a lot of people wait a long time for certain experiences, and sometimes they they tend to be agitated. So they're if standing say, in line. They're standing in line. So if let's say time was the issue, if you can make up for lost time by saying, hey, on your Next visit, we're going to get you express entry or VIP entry so that you don't have to wait in line next time. Uh, that fits what the failure was. And that's obviously not just in not just in the attractions industry. If, let's say, uh, you go to a restaurant and they say the wait time is 20 minutes and you end up waiting maybe 45 minutes or maybe an hour or so and you've stayed, maybe the manager can say, hey, next time you come here, we're just going to get you seated immediately at the next available table no matter how long the wait is. Something like that, it's going to make up for the time. By Let's the way, say, something else you're, you're suggesting is that it's the next time, the next time, the next time. If you try to say, you know what, we're really sorry. Let's give you some money. Let's give you a free dessert. Let's give you whatever. That doesn't get them back the next time. You're giving them incentive to come back. That was just going to be my next point. <laughs> that, yep, it was, yeah, most effective recovery actually becomes a win-win if it goes into effect on the next purchase. So let's say maybe you're buying something online and they say it's going to be there in two weeks and it takes a month to get there. Maybe you can say, hey, on your next purchase, we're going to give you free overnight shipping, something like that. It's not about this purchase right now. It's not about this visit, uh, but it's something that's going to go into effect next time you're here. And then it's a win-win because that guest or that customer is satisfied. If it fits that failure, if it's if it's verified, uh, if it's a, a justified complaint and a justified resolution, um, then that individual will be satisfied. And as a result, it goes into effect on their next visit or on their next purchase so that they have to come back so that you're going to you're going to continue to gain revenue from them. Right. So that's how you can use your actual service recovery. You can use compensation to make you more money. I always say I tell my clients, I say, hey, get creative. What do you have that the more you give out, the more money you'll make from it as it comes back in? kind of like a boomerang. You're you're sending that guest or that customer out with something, and it's going to be something that's going to get them back. Right. And specifically, it goes into effect the next time they do business with you. All right. So we're running out of time before the break, but we have one final letter, and that is another T. Yep. It's in there twice. Exactly. Uh, thank, yep. Thank yep, them again. Thank is in here twice. And now we're thanking them for a different reason, not just thanking them for bringing up the feedback, but we're thanking them for giving you the opportunity to make it right. So, yes, you can reiterate again, hey, I really appreciate, again, that you provided your feedback. I'm so glad we were able to work together to make this situation right. And I thank you in advance for your future business. I look forward to your next visit. Uh, thank you for for working together to uh, to agree to purchase again, to visit again, whatever it is. And that's really, it's the cherry on top, it's the icing on the cake, but it's the follow-through. That's what that person is going to carry with them, that genuine appreciation 
and that uh, that gratitude for being able to resolve the situation. Great. So that acronym again is LTAST. Listen, thank them for complaining, apologize, resolve it, and then thank them again. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about social media recovery, and uh, it's going to be great. So you don't want to miss it. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're coming right back. Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network, talking with Josh Liebman, who has just given us an incredibly great model for handling complaints. Now, there's one area of complaining that drives companies crazy today, and that's when customers don't complain directly to them, but they decide to go social. They go on Twitter. They go on Facebook. They go on Yelp. They go on, you know, and by the way, it, 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 I've mentioned this before, it doesn't, it's the Yelp of your industry. There are bulletin boards and places out there that regardless of the type of business you're in, people will talk about you. So what happens when the customer decides to go social and you have to recover? Well, I think I'm going to borrow this quote from you, but I believe you said that complaining online has become a spectator sport. Is that right? Was well, it you? It, it is me, <laughs> but when I quoted it, I said, my friend Jay Bear in his book, ah. Hug Your Haters, and there's a plug for an amazing book, uh, said that social media has become a spectator sport when it comes to customer service, which is brilliant. I, You know what? If I keep saying it long enough, I, it may be not. It would never be mine. But it's true, man. It's so true. Uh, people, well, I'm glad yeah, that just uh, watching to see how companies handle complaints. Yeah, and I'm glad that you quoted him when I uh, when I saw you a couple of months ago. And it is both so true and so terrifying at the same time. Um, that you know, in a perfect world, uh, everyone who did have a complaint, everyone who did have feedback, would be going to you privately, going to you personally, and saying, "Hey." I'm not going to go online and post this because I have a genuine desire for you to understand my feedback. But sadly, that's not necessarily the culture of the mentality that we live in now. And TripAdvisor, Yelp, Google reviews, Facebook reviews, even Twitter, they're not, they're not helping our cause. <laughs> so there are so many times where people are, are not going to go internally and they're going to go online and they're going to complain. Now, that LTAST model that we talked about just a few minutes ago, that's still in effect, but there's a couple of little different tweaks to it. Um, first of all, obviously, you can't listen, but maybe it's an R, maybe read if we're talking online, if we're talking social media. And then thanking them right there still has its, uh, still has its same importance. You want to express their appreciation, your appreciation for them providing their feedback even though maybe you would have appreciated a little bit better if they came to you personally. Um, but you do want to stress something to the effect of saying what you are describing here does not meet the standard that we expect. And granted, that's something you say privately, but even more important to say it if you're responding publicly so that if people are researching and they see that, they see that review and they see that response that you're not saying, oh, yeah, we have this problem all the time. Uh, glad you brought it up. But really stressing something to the effect of, this does not happen often. You want to make sure you give that uh, give that impression right there. You, of course, want to be 100% professional by being by validating their concern. 
And then most importantly, you then want to move that conversation offline. You say, yeah. hey, we want to help you. We want to fix this. Here's the phone number. Here's the email address. Whatever's going to be the best way to convert this public conversation into a private conversation is going to be the best thing because if you are dishing out compensation, whatever it is, you don't want to do that publicly. You don't want to say, hey, we're going to give you 10% off your next purchase or your next whatever is free or uh, or whatever compensation is, is most fit because as people are seeing that, well, they say, hey, I'm going to complain too and they're going to give this to me too. So you're going to you're going to foster the culture of complaining when obviously uh, you only want to hear your genuine, true, justified complaints. So you want to make sure to turn that conversation from an online conversation into offline, get them to you in whatever private channel you have, whether it's phone number or email address. And another thing too, when it goes back to, to validating that concern is, you know, I talked earlier, you know, people have passion and pride for their business and that's not the time to express that. Because if you do that, that could come across as really invalidating it. And there was um, something I noticed on TripAdvisor. I was uh, I was doing an analysis for a client. This was a few years ago, and I was going through reviews on TripAdvisor, and I saw someone complain. This was uh, this was for an attraction, and they said, uh, "Oh, the facility was was very dirty." And uh, we could hear we had a, a tour guide and we could hear over the radio. The manager was screaming and cursing over the radio and we just didn't have a great experience. And now this complaint, this stuck out to me because it was in a sea of other positive, overwhelming praise for how fantastic this place was. But the reason why this review stuck out wasn't just because it was a complaint, but it was because they responded to it and said, we're all shocked to read this because we're completely clean. We never have trash on our ground whatsoever. Uh, and not only that, but our manager would never curse, especially over the radio, especially while there are families and there are children around. So we can assure you that none of what you're complaining about ever actually happened. And I was shocked when I read that. Well, I think they, they listened to an attorney who said, when somebody comes at you with a problem or a complaint like this, just deny, deny, deny. No. <laughs> right, exactly. And whether it, whether it happened or not doesn't matter. If they would have said, hey, what you're describing – uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't meet it doesn't meet the expectation. This is not the normal experience here and really stress that in, in whatever way possible. And then, like I said, get that conversation offline. Right. Love it. And then come back on. What do you what do you do at that point? You just resolve it. What, what happens? Is there any finality to this? Uh, you know, it depends on what channel you're on. Um, you know, if it's TripAdvisor, I don't think there's really opportunity for, for that much dialogue. Um, you know, I don't think you can ask someone to take their complaint down. Um, but you know, if let's say it's on Facebook or let's say it's on Twitter where you're, you're able to continually respond, um, that if you see, uh, you know, if you see a, a Facebook post or a tweet that says, Hey, please call us. And then, uh, you know, in a perfect world, you want, you want the guest or you want the customer to be the one to say, Hey, just got off the phone with you guys. So glad we were able to resolve it. Uh, if they don't, no, feel free to, to tweet back at them and say, you know, thank you so much for, for contacting us. And we're really glad that, uh, that we were able to help you. And then you kind of going yep. into that thank of, we look forward to, we look forward to having you again. We look forward to you buying from us again. That's perfect. Um, and then, it yeah, it becomes full are, circle. It does. It becomes full circle with a piece that is missing from the public, uh, which, you know, people are, are looking through and they see, uh, you know, one communication piece that says, please contact us. And then the next one says, hey, it was great talking to you. Then they know that something happened in between that right. 
that was part of the, the private conversation that they didn't need to be a part of because it did not need to be in the arena for everyone to see. Right. <laughs> Excellent. So great ideas today. Now, we always end every show with our one thing question. What's the one thing that you want with this audience to remember or some nugget that you haven't shared with us? So it's an, either an emphasis or something new. Uh, we're right out of time here. What would that one thing be? I would have to say it just goes back to the importance of getting those complaints. Run to the complaints, not away from them. Mm-hmm. When you can effectively resolve that complaint, you're going to have a happy customer, a happy guest. Uh, if you do it with the methods that we talked about, you're gonna, it's going to improve your business ultimately. So the more complaints you can collect, the more successful you're going to be. Great advice, great thoughts, great information, great knowledge shared. Josh, you are definitely uh, a guy who does it day in and day out, and we've learned a tremendous amount. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. All right. If you want to follow Josh, you can go to Joshua underscore Liebman, L-I-E-B-M-A-N. That's his Twitter account. Or go to AmusementAdvantage.com. You'll learn more about what they're doing. And, and Josh, again, I can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Amazing Business Radio. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. We we get some amazing people, and I keep using that word amazing over and over again, but it's the best word to describe the information that we have today. That is gold for any and every business. So until next week, I encourage you to be thinking about this all the time, and that is to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.